Ladies and gentlemen, another episode of the Innkeeper's Guestbook Podcast from the actual um, couch by the fireplace, or as we like to call the fireside couch. I had the mics already down here, and it's a very cold day in Washington, D.C. on, uh, what is this, Veterans Day 2018. Uh, so we got the fireplace going, and we got Alfonso Rivilla from Arequipa, Peru. How you doing? Doing really well, Freddy. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course, man. So let me start with the rundown. Union Inn, Washington, D.C. You know what it is. 1112, 1114, 3rd Street, Northeast. Steps to Noma Gallaudet Metro. Uh, nice brisk walk to Union Station. Nice leisurely jog to Capitol and Capitol Hill. Uh, and we have uh, a very um, well-traveled and um, good photographer, if you will. Thank uh, you. Alfonso here today. We met at um, the uh, event that um, Allison had over at uh, Union Market the other day, or the research like library. a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the library. Yes, the design library. It was actually a really, really, really neat event. Um, those that are fans of the podcast will remember Allison and her boyfriend, Alex, who were, I believe, on episode six or seven of the podcast. Um, so, got to speaking with Alfonso. We put the date in, said, hey, man, you got to come and get on the podcast. So he said, yeah, I'm here. Just let me know when. He said Veterans Day. So he's here. There you go. So Arequipa, Peru. Where is that in the country of Peru? That it's uh, right next to Brazil. Most people are familiar with Brazil. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful country. And the beauty of it, too, it's our mix of cultures. Um, and we also have uh, the coast. We have jungle and highlands. So it's a very uh, rich and diverse country, not only on cultures, but also on, um, you know, fauna and and flora. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fascinating country for sure, and everyone should should go and, and take a look. Machu Picchu, and like I said, you know, the jungle it's amazing. So, so you're close something. to Machu Picchu. So my city is not uh, Arequipa. Is not uh, Machu Picchu. It's in Cusco. Um, I'm not really sure how far away it is to be honest. Like you know, uh, but. But yeah, it's 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 you know it's a it's a trip, so it's it's well worth taking the trip if from wherever you are in the world, pretty much, you know, to to go ahead and, and experience Machu Picchu, um, since it's one of the seven wonders of the world. It's close to Brazil, so that means it's on the we're eastern side. We're next to Brazil. Yeah, yeah, we're we're neighbors with Brazil, um, Chile, Bolivia, um, Ecuador. Mm-hmm. But Arequipa itself, the city, is Arequipa. like. How far from the border? In the south, in the south, we this it's not it's not close to to Brazil at all. Okay, it's um it's in the south of Peru, mm-hmm. um, and we have we share the coast, so we have part of the coast. It's with us too. So okay. we're on the bottom of the country, okay. all the way to the left. You could say looking at a map, right? Okay. Now, there was a town. The guy from Ecuador was telling me about a mm-hmm. town. Um. It might have been in Ecuador, though. It's good for surfing. Monte, uh, Montanitas. Montanitas. Yeah. Now, that is in Ecuador. That is in Ecuador. Okay. But there is good surfing in Peru as well, right? Yes. And Because you're the country to the south. Yeah. Yeah. And so what... Oh, that's what he was saying. He was saying Lima, Peru is like one of the best food cities in the world. Yeah. It's become one of the... I mean, the, the food there is just unbelievable, right? It's, yeah. And so how far is uh, Arequipa from Lima? From Lima, I know that. So I, th- 
on a on a plane, mm-hmm. I believe it's one hour. Okay, so you gotta take a plane. Yeah. Okay. But on if you want to drive there, mm-hmm. road trip, it's I think it's twelve hours, twelve to thirteen hours. Okay. And that's because right, it's it's not we don't have the highways that we have here. And it's mountainous, right? Right. Yeah. So you have to drive in these you know fascinating uh, routes that are circuitous. Crazy. And yeah. Windy. You know, it's 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 pretty cool to be yeah. honest. So I keep us in the mountains. We have half and half. It's half mountains, mm-hmm. half coast. Uh, so the city itself of Arequipa, mm-hmm. it's closer to the mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also, about, I think, uh, an hour and a half away, we have a beach. So it's half and half. Yeah. Okay. And is Lima on the coast? Lima is on the coast. Okay. Yeah, complete, full, full on coast. All right. So what's the best surfing city in uh, Peru? That's a tricky question because I was never, that's one of the things I want to get to one day, surfing. That's that's one of my bucket list um, to do things for sure. Uh, but I think it's, I think, I could be very wrong, but I think it's Mancora. Mancora. I think. Okay. But I, thought, I think also in Lima, all around Lima, really? I think uh, they have really nice uh, beaches to, to surf. Now, is, is Mancora north or south of Lima? I believe it's north. Okay. Yeah. So it's closer to Ecuador. I think so, yeah. So it's something about that lat- latitudinal. I will say so, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'm not an expert at all mm-hmm. on that, but uh, but from a friend of mine, Joshua, he's a, he's an amazing surfer, and that's why I know about Montañitas because one time I remember him him telling me about Mancora and Montañitas and how he loves going there every time he gets a chance. Um, yeah, because he's like uh, here. I think he goes to somewhere in Delaware to surf but it's not you know it's yeah it's just like body surfing or something like that yeah yeah boogie boarding yeah (laughs) yeah all right uh so what is something that the listeners should know that is uh unique about arequipa with respect to the world mm -hmm, something unique about arequipa so we are surrounded by three volcanoes oh uh, like literally, when you wake up in the morning, you open your window and you, you you see three huge volcanoes. One of them is called, the biggest one, it's called Misti. Uh, the other one is called Chachani and the other one is called Pichu Pichu. Pichu Pichu. Yeah, there, I believe there are these, uh, the, the, the names are, they come from Quechua, I believe, the Incas language. I don't know what they mean, to be honest. Uh, it's something I, I'm sure at one point in my life I knew the meaning. But I've lived in the States for, how long has it been? 15 years already, 15, okay. 16 years. So I'd, I think uh, my, I should have, it's something I should know, but I don't. But that's something fascinating about the city for sure. Okay. Uh, also, you know, it's a very touristy city um, because- it's Arequipa got, is. Yeah, Arequipa. Because it's got a lot of, um, you know, when we were conquered by the Spaniards, right? Uh, they left a lot of uh, beautiful uh, architecture, so we still have it. We have a monastery and uh, a big um, like house of this conquistador guy. You know, it's, it's just a fascinating city uh, from an architectural perspective and from a from a a, a landscape uh, perspective as well and a cultural perspective because you know you have. Um, mixed cultures and races and it's just it's just yeah that's that's something for sure to if you ever go there uh i'm sure you will be able to to tell right away you know yeah how far are you are is arequipa from uh machu picchu that i don't know okay yeah i don't know okay um have when was the last time any of those three volcanoes um erupted so it, it it's 
way before. So I, I've, I'm 30. I'm, I'm almost 30 years old. So never heard of it in my lifetime. Okay. So it's, and I think my parents they never spoke about about it seeing it. And my parents are 60, so okay. 60 plus years. I'm, I'm assuming it's it's it was the last time one of them uh, okay. had a you know. But they're reaction. not active. I think the, I think Misty. It's kind of because I remember when I lived there. I remember seeing some. There were some days they will have some smoke, right, coming out. But I think it's nothing, you know, to be alarmed by. Or yeah. Uh, what is the climate like? Uh, is it close to what we experience here in in, in uh, DC? Not at all. Not at all. So um, we don't have snow. Mm. Uh, humidity levels. I think it's pretty much zero. Mm. It's very dry. So it's um, like a LA. Yes, yes. Actually, yeah, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the sun, the sun, when you are, you know, when the sun is striking you, it burns you. Like ah, it's yeah. really hot. It gets, <laughs> but when you go to the shade, it's cold. Yeah, it's a lot So like I think, a, yeah, like, that's kind of a lay during like the, the summer. Introduction of summer, like yeah. the beginning of summerish, okay. right? Yeah. yeah. So, and the, the weather is like that. And pretty much uh, from what I, from what I remember, it's, it's the same the whole year. I think it's like 60s, 70s. Uh, but during the summer it rains, and during the winter at night it gets really cold. Okay. That's that's the only change. During the summer it rains a lot, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously it gets hotter, mm-hmm. but nothing intense. You know, we I don't think we have ever reached the hundreds, um, or I don't remember if we have ever reached the twenties or thirties. You know, especially during the day. Um, and this is in Celsius. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so that's that's the weather like. I love it. I mean, from from what I remember, it was it was perfect. To be honest, you know, it's something I I miss. I'm used to I'm used to the weather here now because half of my life it's been here. Yeah. Uh, but it's something it's something I for sure I remember every time I see snow or I get you know I go outside and it's really humid and hot. It's something I remember. I'm like, oh, remember the weather back in our city. Uh, how it was kind of neutral in a way. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you uh, were back in uh, Peru? Mm. <clears throat> last time I was there was yeah, in 2003. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's been a minute. Yeah, it has. Yeah. I had 15 years. So yeah. that was when you left, right? Yeah. Okay. And when you came here, you moved to Montgomery County, Maryland. Yeah. And uh, you were in high school around that time. Yeah, I mean, I moved here, um, and after about a week, I started at Walter Johnson High School. Okay. Um, and were you fluent in English when you came? I was. Uh, I was very fortunate that uh, my parents in Peru, um, they put us in bilingual schools. Um, when I was younger, uh, they put us. They put my siblings, my sister Veronica, my brother Carlos, and I, at this uh, German school. Mm-hmm. So. My sister Veronica, she stayed in that school, so she's fluent in German. Uh, but at some point, I don't remember exactly when, how old was I and my brother, but we got pulled out of uh, that German school and we got switched to these different uh, schools that they, the second language was um, English. Okay. So that's where I was very fortunate to have a background in English before coming here, All right. which made a difference for sure. So in the 15 years that you've been here, do you find you dream more often in Spanish or dream more often in English? Uh, I think now, I think it's English. Really? Yeah. Very rarely. I mean, I don't remember my dreams that often, but if I'm, you know, thinking about it, I think it's English. When, when you speak to your sister, do you mostly speak in Spanish or do you speak in English? 
we speak Spanish. If uh, obviously, if my brother-in-law Jeff is who speaks, he speaks Spanish. Uh, but if he's around, we we speak English just because it's we just you know it's we got used to it. What yeah. about uh, when you text? Text Spanish. Yeah, Spanish. For Would sure. it be odd if you texted in English to her? No, I mean mm. it's just or it's like a mix, if, it, if you will. If it's a full-on conversation. 99% in Spanish and there will be you know a 1% yeah. in English just because to make a point on something <laughs> or just to add some some uh, interesting um, type of conversation there just add like, a few words in English just okay. because maybe some some words we used while we were speaking Spanish yeah then we will throw them in a text okay I like that uh, so uh, you went to Walter Johnson. Mm-hmm. Boo! No, go right. Wildcats. <laughs> Blair Blazers. Uh, so the most recent episode that's out now is with uh, Tamara Thompson, and she went to Kennedy. All right. Yeah, and so uh, Boo. I, I got a rep, I got a rep from my Blair Blazers, man. Like all the day, all day. Uh, but Walter Johnson is right there by Montgomery Mall. Mm-hmm. Had some had some good times in Montgomery Mall. Good times for sure. Those <laughs> just uh, skipping parties or like cutting school to go get some food and All not day. make it in on time for for your I think what fifth period what was it what what's it called? it depends on when lunch was we had two we had a, a a lunch and b lunch and they were both during fourth period I believe yeah something we only had one and it was open lunch thank God yes uh, yeah we will go to the mall yeah. and we will not be able to make it for the period after lunch right so for the most part I uh I, I never went to that class, so yeah. Was there a student parking lot at Walter Johnson? There was. Mm-hmm. And yeah. w- was were there enough spaces for the students that had cars? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, from where I remember, I mean, I, I only drove my senior year, so yeah, I think so. Okay, because yeah. I know that uh, at Blair, we had a student parking lot, and it was really small. Oh, wow. Uh, and it, it was like a lottery, and it was basically, you had to have some sort of reason to get the spot so like if you were part of the student government if you played on any teams um if you say did after school tutoring or Uh something but you'd have to submit a reason as to why but the funny thing was the people in the student government could decide they doled them out so what ended up happening is you could you might have all the reasons in the world Uh but if your best friend is your the student government you're gonna get it over a person who's you know wow yeah i know huh. early, early introduction to politics right the wildcats <laughs> another reason <laughs> it prepared us though you know what i'm saying <laughs> uh so yeah so then uh after that you uh did you got a certificate at montgomery college yeah i went to montgomery college and mm-hmm. got my aa in communication studies okay and then you parlayed that into being a communications major mm-hmm. at university of maryland college Park. correct yeah um and go terps Yes, yes, go Terps, definitely. Um, and so in that, um, was it around that time that the incident in 2010 happened? The- yeah, before the before 2010. So um, I want to say 20, 2000, 2010-ish, 2000, I got sick. Yeah. That's when I got, I got diagnosed with vertigo. Mm-hmm. Like this long name is like VP something something like vending positional vertigo yeah uh and but it was vertigo. yeah so like, explain for those at home that might have heard of vertigo or maybe even haven't heard of vertigo what is vertigo and what are the symptoms that uh happened right for, to for me specifically it was uh severe dizziness so just imagine yourself uh being drunk like very drunk 
but and then you lay down on your bed and everything spins. You just see everything spinning, your head spinning. Um, so that's pretty much it. Imagine that, but a thousand times worse. Um, the first night, I, the, the first night I had it, I had a, I had a, I had an attack. It was uh, the night after Thanksgiving. Wake up at five in the morning, and I didn't drink anything the night before. You know, just family dinner and maybe a glass of wine, but nothing, you know, intense. Um, and I go out, you know, I go to the bathroom because I'm feeling weird. Um, so I remember having to hold on to the walls to be able to get to the bathroom. So I'm literally walking, at, you know, everything was dark, holding onto the walls, get to the bathroom, turn on the light, and the light made it worse. It got me more dizzy. I was like, what, what is happening? So I, I tried to splash some water on my face to just to wake up, you know, or something. Uh, the noise from the water running made it worse. So, um, so yeah, I look at, I look at, I remember clearly looking myself in the mirror and I could see myself, like my face and my whole body just literally spinning. The whole bathroom was just like spinning. It was a fascinating, horrifying experience. So was there at any point like this you thought, is this a dream? I had no idea what was happening, like zero. I did you know, it was just like I had zero control of my body, on my mind, like zero. Um, so yeah, so I, because of the dizziness, you know, I started, you know, um, throwing up, and it was, you know, it was something I've never experienced in my life. Um, so it was, I think it was, it was around five in the morning. I remember that, and I remember being in the bathroom until seven a.m. You know, like uh, throwing up because it was just the sickness of of the dizziness was just that severe. Until you know, I remember my sister. She wakes up uh, because of the noises I was making, right? And she asks like if everything was okay. Um, and at that point, my, my arms and my legs were going numb. So uh, they took me to the hospital because, you know, she woke, up, she woke up my parents. They took me to the ER. And that's where, you know, the doctors were like, you have this problem. And so did you pass out and then you woke up in the hospital? Yeah, uh, I, 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 I don't think I passed out then because I was just so, I was freaking out. You know, it was like the... the 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 adrenaline of, of me freaking out and not not having an idea what was happening. I remember like crying at one point because I had zero control of my body. Um, and then I get to the doctor. At the doctor, they gave me Valium and some other like seasickness pill that wrecked me. You know, it was just horrible, horrible, horrible. But it was the only thing that could control my vertigo. So it did work, but it was it had. It will knock side out. effects. Right. Yeah. The only thing, they, the, the reason why they prescribed me Valium, it was to knock me out during the vertigo attack. That it was, the, the episode, the, the, they call them episodes. The episode will, will last about an hour and a half or two hours of that dizziness. Um, so the only reason to control it is to knock me out, to sleep, to sleep through it. So that's, that's that, you know. So that's what I did. And, and um, yeah, so it, it's... Uh, so that sickness, in a way, um, was a... I see it as, as something good that happened in my life, to be honest. Because uh, before me getting sick, my, my whole life pretty much was, you know, going out, um, you know, drinking and partying and spending as much time as I could doing those things. Um, you know, and it's a very unhealthy lifestyle, in a way, you know, sleep uh, deprivation to the max, you know, um, eating so unhealthy, 
drinking, you know, on an empty, you know, it was just, you know, one of those, you know, what, what a lot of people your, do. Your, in your 20s. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I reached my, my limit, you know, I, and the doctor was, my doctor was like, uh, so I asked my doctors, like, what do I do to cure this? Like, what do I do to, to, to heal, right? And she was like, well, unfortunately, this is one of those uh, health problems that they don't have a cure. Um, the only thing we, we can do is treat it with the pills we're giving you. You know, every time you feel you're getting an attack, just take the pills, sleep through it, wake up. Uh, but every time I will take the Valium, I will wake up and I will feel like a bus run over me. You know, my head will hurt, my whole body was just achy for a few days. It was just, you know, horrible. So, so my doctor was like, in order to, to minimize the severity and the, the amount of attacks I will get, she said to um, have a, a, a diet low in sodium, no more lifting weights, which is something I used to do all the time. I really enjoy that. Uh, no more drinking, no more smoking cigarettes, which is something I am very grateful I quit. Um, no more drugs. Um, luckily, I, I was never into those. Uh, what else? Sleeping good, like no more caffeine, uh, and a bunch of little things that I was like, oh my god, you know, pretty much my, like no more loud music, so that means not going to the clubs or the bars or, or things like that. So I was like, pretty much everything I enjoyed, uh, it was uh, no more. But I was so, uh, so, so determined to, to heal, to, to get rid of this problem because it was so horrible that I was like, whatever. I'll do whatever it takes, and I didn't. I didn't go out for well. I went. I used to go out um, a you little bit. Enjoy yourself the same way you used. Right. To, yeah. So I quit drinking, quit smoking. Um, yeah, obviously, a diet low in sodium, no more lifting weights, and everything she told me to do, I did it. Um, uh, and I, and I, at the beginning, I used to go out a little bit, but I would always go to the bars or somewhere with the fear of getting an attack. And put myself out there uh, at a you know at a social setting, and then go through that process, which is it's not you know it's horrible. I so understand. I stopped going out. I stopped going out completely for like a few years. And were you still getting attacks? Uh, occasionally, okay. occasionally. But, uh, the, but this regimen did cut down the number of attacks. You got. Mm-hmm. Okay. A hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. I mean, before I was getting them regularly, and then um, I saw a decrease. Uh, and that led me that led me to you know to stay at home you know not going out not going out drinking and and staying home with my family and with myself as well you know had more time to spend with myself um, so I got into the environment I was really into the environment and and that's what led me in a, on a journey on a different journey in life um, you know um, which is something I'm, I'm very grateful you know so that's why I say that sickness was a blessing in a way for me because he gave he gave a meaning to my he, he, he led me to finding meaning in my life okay um yeah okay and then i think a couple years later either as part of that or uh maybe because some i think you said there was a youtube video or something that you watched mm-hmm. um you became a vegan yeah so um so so in relation to that you know in relation to that uh uh, life turn that I got that I I was spending more time at home. I got into the environment. I was the only the only communications class I had to take at Montgomery College 
because back then I was a poli sci major. Okay. Um, it was the last, yeah, it was my last class, you know, before graduation too. It was, you know, so I was done pretty yeah, much. Your last class. Yeah. So um, I, I ended up um, taking this communication class, the last speech of the semester. I was going to do it about the plastic bags. How in Montgomery County, we launched that, uh, you know, pla- five, yeah, five, five cent cents, uh, uh, plastic bag, plastic bag fee, fee yeah. or whatever. And I was, you know, my speech was going to be about where the money goes to. And my persuasion was going to be that if you don't want to pay those five cents, bring your own reusable bag. So it was like 9 p.m. or so. And I'm watching, you know, YouTube videos about, you know, that, that, uh, the, the plastic bag law. And uh, I came across one of these videos, which was like animal cruelty in the food industry or something like that. And it was a very short video. And, uh, you know, but prior to that, my sister, Veronica, she, she would always be like, Alfonso, you have to watch these videos. You know, you should watch these videos. Uh, she became a vegetarian four or three years prior to, to 2012. And she would always be like, she would always say that and I will be, you know, a complete uh, D-bag, you know. I'll be like, go away, leave me alone, let me eat my meat in peace, you know. Seriously, go away. So at that point, I was like, okay, my sister has been bothering me for three years to watch this stuff. What's the worst thing that can happen? So I watched Or the best thing that can happen. Or the best thing, there you go. Uh, But at that point, I say, what's the worst thing? Because back then, I used to be very pessimistic. (laughs) Um, So so I watched it, and I was like very intrigued. Uh, And I think that's something, uh, my personality, it's like that. If I'm intrigued by something, I have to, I have to uh, go all in and research until I'm satisfied with some sort of truth. Uh, and yeah, that's what I did. 9 p.m. until 4 in the morning. I researched about this, uh, this, you know, this world that we, we all know, I think, right? We all know about what goes on uh, in a slaughterhouse and in factory farming in general, you know, in, the, in today's factory farming, which is massive. Um, uh, but we we tend to be like okay you know it's fine you know I get my meat from the from the supermarket so I don't have to deal with all that stuff. So uh, I watched all those videos and I was like, what is going on? You know what is this? Like how how can we how can we do this to to the animals who 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 don't deserve the treatment uh, we do we we you know we we treat them as um, so. So I remember remember watching this specific uh, documentary called Earthlings, and I'm watching the documentary, and at four in the morning, I just find myself like crying my eyes out, uh, and I go to the bathroom to just splash some water on my face, you know, and clean up a little bit and get you know get back on my feet, um, and I find myself just asking myself a question like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing to the animals? What are we doing to the planet? Uh, what are we doing to ourselves consuming those that so much suffering and you know so so I remember doing the research too I watched this speech of this guy his name is Gary Jarofsky and I, I remember the speech name it's uh, labeled as uh, best speech ever on YouTube and it was a talk he gave at Georgia Tech I believe and, he, and one of the things he said and it's stuck in my mind he said something along the lines of, um, if you want to do something about this, right, don't just say you want to do it. 
actually do it. He was like, don't wear a t-shirt that says love and peace and happiness. But on the other hand, don't practice those things, right? So he was like, one of the best one of the best things you can do to not be part of this, it's don't, don't uh, be a consumer of this, you know? So I was like, okay, I look at myself in the mirror. I was like, okay, I guess I'm a vegan now, you know? And it's something I used to, I used to really say to myself and to everyone, I, I all of my friends, I was like, I will never be anything close to a vegetarian ever, 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 you know? I used to make fun of vegetarians or vegans, to be honest, you know? So, so yeah, so my life took a complete turn, complete turn in, in, in not only of uh, eating habits, right? Like what I was eating and, but also it just made me a, a kinder person, you know? It really? Just more compassionate. I, I became mindful of, of every action I do has an impact on myself, you know, the planet and other people, you know, the interactions we have with other people are, on every day has an impact. Uh, we have the power to 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 see how, how to to put that power into into use for something positive or negative, and and obviously you know I'm well aware that the majority of things we do on a daily basis has a negative impact on the on the environment and everything right, but the way I try to live my life it's minimizing that negative impact you know. And one of the biggest ones, it's it's that you know your your food, you know your your food, what you eat, and uh, and your interactions with people, you know, in daily basis. So it just made me a, a, a more mindful individual, a, a kinder. I try to be kind as much as I can. You know, it's it's difficult, you know, because in this world, especially nowadays, we have so much negativity, and and and, and you know, and this stuff going around, especially in politics, you know. That it's 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 difficult, but at the same time, I think it's good because it reminds us how not to be. You know, it reminds us of like, look, this is happening right now. Look at this person and this person and this person. I don't want to be like that. So it reminds you, puts in the back of your head, I want to be kinder. I want to be a good person, and and that's something that uh, that this uh, lifestyle of um, you know, a plant-based diet and and a mindful. Uh, lifestyle uh, it's been it's been a blessing uh, which came from me being sick pretty much you know so it's it's been an amazing an amazing uh, uh, what six years already of me uh, on a plant-based diet and when was your last uh, vertigo attack my last vertigo attack oh it's been a couple of years it's been yeah it's been years that's yeah and is that uh, the frequency with which the doctors were saying that you would likely have the attacks is that far outside the norm uh yeah so yeah i mean i i went to my doctor you know after not having an attack right for a few years this was well like four or five years ago and she was like obviously she she did not want it to to give any credit to the plant-based diet it's just because she i don't think she believes in that and the health benefits of that uh, but she was, I think the only thing she said, if I remember correctly, she was like, oh, maybe, you know, all of the advice I gave you, it's, it's good, mm-hmm. you know? So I was like, yeah, it's probably that. <laughs> and the plant-based diet, I think it's, you know, because I wasn't, I was not putting any more, you know, processed food in my body, you right. know, which is also, yeah, it's, it's high. It has a lot of sodium, you know, for the most part. So I'm sure it had something to do with her advice, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I, I do I, I do believe, you know, the a plant based diet has 
you know, has the ability to, I'm putting more good stuff in my body with a plant-based diet, you know, so it's, yeah. it's just a win-win for my body. Yeah. So, um, since implementing a plant-based diet, um, of your doctor's original recommendations, mm-hmm. do you still adhere to most of that? Like, a, like in terms of a sleep schedule, you have more of a schedule now, uh, not doing any drugs or any alcohol, um, I can't remember what else she said. Yeah, so lifting weights. Lifting weights, yeah. So, um... I know. I mean, my my first drink after not drinking for three years okay. was at my sister's engagement party. Okay. I remember I had a, a Maker's Mark neat. Uh, at, That's the way uh, you should have it. Oh my god, it was so good. It was <laughs> the best drink of my life. Um, and then I was immediately tipsy because three years without any Pretty alcohol, much. obviously. And then I had another one uh, because I was like, you know, money. So it's some tipsy. Let me get another one just because. Uh, Three years. It's mm-hmm. been three years. Exactly. And that was it. I had two drinks and I was like, I'm, that's it. I don't want, I don't need more. I don't want to get there. So, so I, I, I drink, mm-hmm. I drink nowadays. Um, but because of those three years of not drinking, it showed me a different way to have fun yeah. without needing the alcohol to have fun. Now it's all the opposite, to be honest. You know, you I don't know the time and place for when. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, of course, there are some days that I'm like with my friends. I'm like, hey, let's, you know, let's drink a little extra uh, for whatever reason, you know. But for the most part, uh, my my limit on if I go out to a bar, it's three three whiskeys. Okay. That's my limit. That's cool. uh, I don't I don't enjoy being drunk anymore. Okay. Uh, and that's something that led me, you know, from that lifting weights. Um, I want to get back to it. It's. Just, it's something that, yeah, I want to, uh, but yeah, for one reason or another, I haven't yet. Okay. What do you do about protein with respect to being a vegan? Because that's one of my biggest concerns. I, I think that I could, I could go with being a vegan, although it'd be tough. I love barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm wondering with respect to protein, I think either it's, it's like a substitute substitute or mm-hmm. it's just your options are extremely limited. Uh, well, that's what I used to. That's what I used to think too before, right? It's because we we grew up in a in a world, right? In a world where we 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 are used to calling protein when you go to a restaurant or it's labeled like protein, and you see chicken, meat, fish, or or you know animal proteins, right? But uh, but I, but after going vegan uh, and you know doing research, getting informed, um, I was able to find out that. There's so many foods that have uh, protein. Uh, so my main source, I will I will say right now, it's lentils, lentils, beans. Um, you know those. Uh, yeah, that's my main source. But it's not like I'm eating lentils like every day and a bowl of lentils. You know, if you mix, so broccoli has protein, spinach has protein. You know, so many so many uh, plants has have protein. So if you have a well balanced meal with different you know sources of plant protein then you have you know your your daily um uh, content of protein in a meal so so that's that's pretty much that um do you have to eat a lot more of it than so let's just say you know one ounce of steak Mm -hmm. how much protein would you have to eat in broccoli to equate to that one ounce of, of of meat. Right. So the thing is like I won't I'm not sure how much 
how much protein there's in one ounce of meat. Okay. Uh, but I think in a cup of lentils, mm-hmm. I believe there's like 15 to 20 grams okay. of protein. And, you know, obviously uh, on the broccoli, I will not eat like a huge bowl of broccoli. I will eat maybe like a little side with a side of rice and some lentils or a, a salad, right? With tons of spinach and different greens and broccoli and maybe some cold uh, raw lentils or, you know, white beans or things like that to make a very protein-dense uh, meal. You know, for example, when I go to Cava, you know, if I go to Cava, I get, you know, the lentils, the rice, you have all the veggies and a ton of the super greens, which is so much, pro- you know, so tons of protein, which, uh, yeah, that's that's where I get uh, the, the majority of my protein, lentils and, and greens. Okay. All right, so this is going to sound a bit strange, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to word this. Mm-hmm. Um, did you notice a change in your bowel movements once you switched to being a vegan? For sure, okay. for sure, for sure. In what ways? Um, if we can keep it just as, as, as sanitary as possible. Totally, totally, totally. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's human nature, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, before, obviously, you know, uh, what I used to think it was normally was, you know, going to the bathroom once once a day. Okay. But, you know, since going uh, plant-based, I, I find myself going to the bathroom, you know, two, three times a day. Okay. So you're more regular. Right. Okay. Because, right. you know, one of the reasons because of that, it's uh, um, when we consume animal protein, um, let's say just a steak. Mm-hmm. Yeah? When we eat a steak, it uh, sits in our stomach for a couple of days and in, in our intestines for, you know, for a long period of time trying to be processed. But when we eat plants, it just you know, a lot faster. We process them a lot faster. Okay. Uh, so you are a hiker, a cyclist, and a runner. Yeah. Of the three, which one would you say you do most frequently? Most frequently, I'm going to say right now, since I moved to the city, uh, cycling. Okay. And you use that to get, get from point A to point B a lot of yeah. times? Okay. Um, do you go cycling long distances on, say, uh, like the weekends? I haven't been able to do it uh, because of my work schedule. You know, it was it was a little, you know, intense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I managed to do a triathlon. What I'm gonna say three weeks ago. Okay. Uh, the Chesapeake, the Chesapeake triathlon. Okay. Um. So. In triathlon. What are those three? Cycling, running, cycling, running, and, and swimming. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And then what are the distances for that? So this one was the sprint, and the sprint, uh, I believe it was 800 meter swim. Uh, a, I believe it was 16 miles on a bike ride. Okay. And then a 5k to close it to close it up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's very doable. Yeah, very doable. Okay. Um, and then running, I believe you run a couple half marathons. Yeah. Uh, where were they? So the first one was in 2015. It was my first run ever. Before that, I was never a runner. Um, I got into running because I signed up for um, Team Humane League, for the Humane League. It's an animal protection organization. And uh, so it was a fundraising challenge just for me to fund, you know, raise money for the animals. And I signed up for a half marathon. And it was at uh, the Baltimore Running Festival. And it was a fascinating process, like seeing my body go from not running at all ever to training for a half marathon. It was 
one of the most fascinating things I have ever experienced, like personally, you know, seeing seeing the progress of me going out. You know, I downloaded this app, right? I think it was my A6 or something like that. It's free app. And it will tell me, you know, like, how old are you? When is your run? And how long is your run? And it spits out yes. your training schedule. Right. The first, the first day was like run half a mile or something like that. And I almost died. You know, I literally almost died. I was like, what am I doing? This is horrible. How can people run? This is just not fun. Um, but then, you know, after a week, it will tell me run one mile couple of weeks, mile and a half, blah, 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 you know, until I find myself, you know, obviously getting super tired because, uh, but I wouldn't be completely miserable anymore, you know, until, yeah, the night, the day of the race, uh, you know, when I, when I, when I got to the finish line, it was one of the most wonderful, wonderful experiences I've ever felt because it's something you do by yourself it's all mental all you yeah all mental and your body you know at one point i remember like my my knee was killing me but i think i think it was at mile six Mm -hmm. you know it was like halfway there i was like oh my god my knee is killing me already and i'm halfway there uh but it's all mental i remember one of my good friends uh paul he he told me he's like look there's gonna be chances you will feel pain and he was just like, if it's obviously, if it's not something you should pull aside and rest or call somebody, you know, do it. But if it's something you, you, you know, you feel you can keep pushing through. It's a discomfort. Right. That's like, it's yeah. like if, if, if it's something you just keep pushing through, he was like, just focus your mind on something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just It's all mental from there. And it was, you know, it was all mental. I mean, at points I was like, I want to stop. But then you tell yourself, it's like, I can't stop. Yeah, can't. If I stop on this, what's going to be next? That I will stop. Yeah. You know. So that was it. That was one of the, the most wonderful experiences ever. And then my second half marathon was at Monument Valley in Utah. That that was another like amazing, amazing I highly recommend it to everyone. So was this uh was I'm assuming you said Monument Valley, so this is like a hilly type of marathon? It or, was or not only marathon, it was it? not only hilly, but it was on sand. Oh no! It was in the desert. Like, oh, have no. you have have you been to Monument Valley? No, but I've, I've run on sand. Yeah, and running on running a mile in sand is like running a five. All right, this was a half marathon in sand. Yeah, it was. So you so you basically run a marathon. <laughs> brutal. Like my legs were cramping every oh, five seconds, but it, it was amazing. And it wasn't wet sand. It was. It was dry. dry yeah. Yeah. So, no. It was no. pretty pretty uh, surreal to be honest, but but you know all of that, it was. Like if you just Google Monument Valley, Utah, it's, oh my God, it's beautiful. Not only that, but um, I, rem- I, f- I remember I found myself, you know, very early during the race because I had zero pains. Um, I could focus on the beauty of the landscape instead of my pain. Um, I remember I, I found myself like literally saying that loud, like, thank you. I was just being thankful I was like, what is happening to me, you know? And I, I, I just found myself being thankful for for the bad things in my life, the good things in my life, the people in my life, you know, everything that's happening, you know. I was just I just I was just grateful. It's like a uh, somewhat spiritual run. Yeah, it was fascinating. It was it was incredible. So um so I'm I'm really I'm really grateful I was able to do that. Um that run and it was it was a beautiful too because it was a beautiful journey because 
I flew from here to San Francisco. I rented a car in San Francisco and drove to Muir Woods, from Muir Woods to Yosemite, from Yosemite down to um, the Grand Canyon, the Grand Canyon, uh, it w then Monument Valley, Monument Valley, Antelope Canyon, Horseshoe Bend, Bryce Canyon, Zion. It was like a huge uh, national park, uh, national monument road trip. Uh, I, did, I did that with my cousin Felipe, who is also a photographer. Um, and yeah, so he flew from Peru. He met me in San Francisco and we just took off and it was a wonderful, a wonderful experience. Um, not only from the race, but, you know, just bonding with, with my cousin who, who happens to be a photographer and a really good person in general. So, so yeah, that, that was, that was uh, my second half marathon. Right. And it was also, I also did it to, to raise money for, for uh, animal protection for the Humane League. And I was very fortunate to to raise, you know, with the help of friends and family. I think I raised like a little under four thousand dollars. So that was that was That's you know a, a very a very amazing achievement. And that what that was also what motivated me to run, you know, to to be like, who am I doing this for? You know, this I'm doing this. I'm putting Something myself than yourself. right. I'm putting myself through this pain, through this training, and all of this for for those animals who are currently suffering in today's factory farms. Okay. Um, and so, in hiking, have you been hiking anywhere around DC metro area? Yeah, so last Sunday, last Sunday, last Sunday I think it was, yeah, I went to um, um, Shenandoah Valley. Okay. So I got to hike a little bit, unfortunately not as much as we wanted to. Uh, it just got dark so fast and we didn't bring any like headlamps or anything like that. But uh, but yeah, so that's uh, a beautiful hike. Yeah. The foliage, I'm sure, was amazing. Oh, it was, I, it, I think we missed it. Oh, we missed picked. Okay. Uh, but still, it was beautiful, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. I mean, just going to the mountains is just an experience altogether. So so. so like Halloween was like the weekend that was I probably think the so, one that was right? the good one. I think so, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, it's kind of like with cherry blossoms. You got to catch it on that right. I weekend. know. Yeah. yeah. So. But it's still, it was you know amazing, beautiful. Definitely. So, um, you had said that um, up until recent, mm -hmm. you were largely preoccupied with your job that you mm -hmm. had, and I believe you were managing short-term rentals as well as apartments. Mm -hmm. And um, as of recent, you've become now a full-time photographer. Mm -hmm. um, you're still doing social media work as well as video editing and everything. Um, what type of photography do you typically uh, gravitate towards? So, my, my passion has always been, I mean, my photography passion started back in 2004, I believe, back in Walter Johnson. I took this photography, like, you know, film class, like film development class, which he was, you know, one of the most fascinating things I've ever done to with my, you know, with my own hands, right? From like taking the picture and not being a digital camera. So you will just take, you have one shot and then you go to the dark room, you know, and you have all of this process that it's in a way like meditation, you know? Um, it's just you yourself in a, in a literally a dark room, uh, a dark room. Yeah, you know. So it's just you, your thoughts, and a process you have to follow because if you skip a process or you do something for too long or too little, you will not get what you're looking for, right? So, so that's where my passion grew, and uh, and I kind of not not completely buried it, like buried that passion, but I was like, I used to tell myself. 
that's not something I can do. It's gonna be a hobby. You know, that's 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 photography for me for the past ten years, I think. You know, or plus. And uh, and but yeah, my my passion is um, landscapes, landscapes and uh, farmed animals. I love photog- uh, photographing farmed animals and animals in general, wildlife. Um, uh, but landscape, landscape, it's it's something that uh, I love. Just being able to take a picture of a place I've been and a place I experienced certain emotions and be able to see that picture and relieve those emotions I felt when I was at that place. Um, so yeah, landscape for sure has a lot of uh, special meaning for me, you know. So uh, with regards to uh, photography becoming a profession, mm-hmm. um, do you see it taking more the direction of you working for a company like a, a newspaper or a National Geographic or something like that? Or do you see it taking the direction of the pictures that you take become art that you then sell? Well, uh, to be honest, I, th- I see myself for now, maybe as I get more into it and I meet more people like you and more people who, who, who will be inspiring, right, to, to take different paths in life, right? But for now, I think my, my call is to, I would love to work for National Geographic. I think it will be an amazing experience. Yeah, of course. You know, I think it will be an amazing National Geographic or or a magazine that in a way aligns with my values, you know? It doesn't have to be animals, but who knows, a magazine who, who that um, promotes some social justice movement or, or something like that, that it aligns with my values, I think that will be a fascinating learning experience, not only from from me publishing something constantly thanks to the name recognition of that specific uh, magazine or newspaper or company, but also just uh, from the people that will be around that environment who have been in that environment for so long and have so much to to offer you as uh, not only mentors but just their everyday interactions with you. You will be able to. I will be able to learn from from that. So that's something I crave. You know, just learning from other people. It's something I really enjoy and I crave on daily basis. So on photography wise, that's something I crave. Being around people who I will learn from, it's for sure. Uh, it's on top of my list. All right. So, um, you know, uh, you know, there's a paid museum, one of the few mm-hmm. downtown called the Museum. Mm-hmm. And I believe on the first floor they have a photojournalism exhibit. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. yeah what do you think? I love it. Yeah, it's really yeah, nice. I mean, right? of course, you know, uh, I, I dream on one day having one of my pictures, my photos there. But you know, I will I will work towards making that dream a reality. You know, it's we we all can dream, but right, we all have to do something about it, yeah. and, and and just get out there. And obviously, I I'm not as, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Nothing, very very few things in life are easy. Well, at least the ones that are right. worth it to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do I do see it. You know, it's going to be you know a grind and a challenge, but I'm looking forward to that because that's part of the story of how you make something happen. Uh, what do you shoot with? Uh, currently, I was very fortunate to 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 be able to buy a Sony A7R three, which is uh, it's a camera I've been saving for the past I don't even know how many years. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, what what uh, drove you to getting a Sony over, say, a Nikon or a Canon? So when I when I 
went to on that road trip with my cousin I borrowed this Nikon from my friend uh, Maria it was this entry-level Nikon Nikon D3300 I believe good camera um, and I enjoyed it but after that I was like I need to get a camera of my own you know I need to get a camera so I was you know obviously I was like I don't have the money to invest in a camera right now um, especially since at that time I was still thinking about photography as a hobby you know so I went on Facebook market and I found this deal it was this Sony a58 I believe is a entry-level Sony and it came with everything it was like a little backpack with three lenses a, a micro a, a macro 50 millimeter millimeter a 35 millimeter and a 70 to 200 millimeter everything for $300 it's I was like bad. okay perfect it came with a like I said backpack a bunch of filters a bunch of stuff I was like a deal right so that's why I got the Sony okay. and I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, the Sony um, functions. Uh, obviously, that entry-level camera is very different to the a, uh, the new uh, A7R III. But you're familiar with the yeah. kind of intangibles about how it operates. Right. Yeah, totally, yeah. You know, and then I just, you know, this technology of the mirrorless cameras, you know, it's it's something that has been out there, you know, on the, on the photography life. Uh, world, which is new, you know, newish technology, uh, which is it's very promising and it's also very, um, it's good. It's a, it's a good it's a good quality image. So I did a lot of research, you know, tons of research about which camera to get because I have tons of friends that have Nikon's and so, and, and, and and Canons, which are cameras that have been on the market for years and they are experts and you know, in in, in what they do. Uh, but uh, but yeah, Sony Sony did it for me. I watched a bunch of uh, YouTube videos on people that you know they made the switch from Canon to Sony's and whatnot. Uh, made the switch. Uh, I, I, well, not I didn't make the switch, right? I I went for the Sony, continued with the Sony, and I'm very happy with it. Okay. Very happy with it. All right. You ready for the seven questions? Yeah. All right. Question number one, mm -hmm. that library right there that's on the mantle above the fireplace, what's the book that you would add to that library? So I will recommend uh, to everyone, not only you, everyone, it's, it's a book that had a lot of uh, positive impact in my life, very short read. It's called The Four Agreements. I'm not sure if you have heard about it. No, uh, who wrote it? Uh, oh my God, I forgot the, I forgot the author. No worries. Uh, but it's a very short read. Uh, and the four agreements, I, one of them, if I believe it's uh, be impeccable with your word. The other one, it's uh, don't take anything personally. The third, it's uh, don't make any assumptions. And the fourth, it's always do your best. And that's a book, uh, it was recommended to me by my therapist many years ago. Um, and it was just a fascinating read, you know, I was like, why is this book not like super mainstream and not just recommended to you in high school, you know, when, when you're, when you're learning about this stuff, you know, where you Don Miguel find... Ruiz. Yes. Is Don Miguel Ruiz. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a great read and, and highly recommended to everyone. You know, the things you, 
you will read there, right? It's it's just something you can apply to your life. And I, it's something I apply to my life until now. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's that's a good addition. I like yeah, that. the four agreements. All right. Uh, question number two: mm-hmm. uh, Podcast to subscribe. Podcast to subscribe. Um, I will recommend um, the Business for Good podcast. Business for Good. Yes. Okay. And that's a podcast that uh, the the guest speakers are uh, people that have. Entrepreneurs that they they made some type of business, um, and it had a positive impact in people's lives, the environment, or just uh, things in general. Okay, uh, who who does it? Uh, uh, Tony Okamoto and Paul Shapiro. Okay, they're the the the. All right, uh, people that run it. Number three, uh, something that you didn't know that you needed until you got it. Something uh, running shoes. <laughs> Like proper running shoes for sure. I was running on these like, like whatever I had at home, and it wrecked my my legs. And then I got the running shoes, and it was a whole new world. That is a <laughs> great, great answer because sure. I one hundred percent agree with you. I had some, you know, just regular yeah. Reebok casual mm-hmm. shoes. I thought, oh, okay, these are comfortable shoes, mm-hmm. and they probably came from running background. Right. I was running with those, and I was getting shin splints, Yes. and my knees were messed up, mm-hmm. and then I finally went to a store was like, hey, and they're like, oh, no. So mm-hmm. first off, you need to get a shoe that's a like at least a size higher than what you normally wear yeah. to give your foot enough room. Secondly, you got out of the pad, and then once I had that, it was right. silver. And the support of your, yeah, it was just exactly. a, a world I had no idea about, Yeah. but it changed my life. Yeah. All right. Uh, number four, a uh, bucket list place to travel. This is a place in the world that you have been that you recommend that the listeners add to their bucket list. Bucket list. Um, I will recommend people uh, Monument Valley in Utah, here okay. in the United States. All right. It's an amazing experience. It's just, and go with that mentality. Go with the mentality of you disconnecting from the world, you know, disconnecting and try to just like just be present. You and nature. And be there for a sunset and a sunrise. Okay. Highly, highly recommended. Okay. So is this like a, a, a Joshua Tree type place? I have never been to Joshua Tree, um, but this is so that I, from what I've heard, Joshua Tree gives you that right spiritual yeah uh, a lot feeling. of people go to do like peyote and you know drugs that have psychedelic <laughs> you know but it, it, it's all for good it's not just for the sake of just wigging out it's for okay. the sake of having a spiritual transcendent type of experience that uh when you come back from you are uh you're a a, a, a better person right you know? yeah i don't know i i I'm just recommending Monument Valley because uh, the the feelings I was able to get from just sitting there. I wasn't doing any any uh, any peyote or anything like that. It was just me sitting on a rock, looking at a sunrise or on a sunset, you know, and just thinking about life and just enjoying being present at a very beautiful uh, uh, landscape and a very very beautiful just time of day which is sunrise and sunset you know and were you by yourself yes I th- yeah that, yeah we with my cousin we like we were like hey, let's just you know yeah do your thing enjoy yeah and i remember the morning the morning of the race of the half marathon for the sunrise uh i was experiencing you know the, the sun was coming up and i called my i facetimed my parents uh and we were able to 
experience that sunrise, uh, the three of us, you know, away but together. Yeah, okay. So it was a special for sure. How far is that from the Grand Canyon? Uh, from the Grand Canyon, I think it was like eight hours. It's not bad at all. Okay. Or six hours, something like that. Okay. Under 10 hours, 100%. Okay. Now, is this on the east side of Utah or the west side of Utah? It's a border Utah-Arizona. Oh, so way down there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Oh, so it's close to Vegas. Very close to Vegas. Oh, okay. Could one make a trip from Vegas there? Yes. That's what what we did. We went to, um, what's it called? Uh, Hoover Dam. Okay. We went to the Hoover Dam and then from the Hoover Dam we went up. Uh, number five, uh, 50 Mile Detour Restaurant. This is a restaurant that if you are within 50 miles of between point A and point B that you're naturally traveling to, it makes sense for you to detour off your intended path tra- <laughs> intended path of travel to eat at this restaurant. Oh, this is a tough question. I lo- I, this is a tough question because I love food. Okay. I love, love to eat. Okay. Um, can I give you two? two? Got to choose one. You can give one. us both, but you got to choose All right. one. So one, uh, it will be Heap City Vetch. Hip, hip city veg? Yes, in Chinatown. Oh, in Chinatown, D.C.? Yes. Okay. It's uh, all plant-based, and they have Philly cheesesteaks. They have fried, like, ranch chicken sandwiches, all oh, plant-based. okay. It's and all, so, like, mock, you know, mock meats. But it has the same texture, if you will. And then you just use the tofu, right? Yes. Okay. Well, you go there, and to your, to your um, audience, too, to the audience listening, go there and, you know, let us know what you think, uh... Uh, about Hip City Veg, okay, uh, one of my favorite restaurants uh, ever. I will for sure drive fifty miles on a detour for that <laughs> for a Philly, for a for a vegan Philly cheesesteak. Okay, uh, but the other one, if I had, you know, if if Hip City Veg happened to be closed, I will go to Shook. Shook, okay. Shook. There's one in K Street, and there's another one uh, Union Market. Yeah. yeah, and Shook. It's a uh, Middle Eastern food. It's plant based Middle Eastern food, and it's unbelievable. The flavors. It's just every bite you take is an an explosion of different flavors. And that is nothing processed. Everything is like local, uh, you know, everything made there. And uh, what's Whole Foods? Everything is just super healthy food. And it's unbelievable. It's called Shook. Okay. Have you been to Everlasting Life Cafe? I have. What do you think about that? I love it, too. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Every time I'm up around Georgia Avenue, mm-hmm. I, I love going to Everlasting yeah. Life. It's really good. And I, it's all, you know, that's the funny thing about it, though, is that I wonder, yeah, it's all vegan, but is it really healthy? Because a lot of stuff sometimes is, like, kind of oily. It is. Like, they use the same processes by which they would cook normal food in right? this process. So it's like you're taking healthy ingredients, but you might be using an unhealthy process to right. do it. And I'm wondering... Is, is Am I kind of negating? I mean, granted, it's still better than if I was using regular, you know, processed mm-hmm. food. But um, net, net, am I coming out ahead? Right. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, the way the way I do it. So, I mean, you have different types of um, plant-based eating. You have whole foods, super healthy. And that's something I, I try, you know, to, to do it. I, I love going to a supermarket, buying my veggies, my legumes, and cooking it from scratch, washing. I love that process. It just, it's a connection between, you know, food and me. Uh, or who, who, whomever I'm going to serve it to. I love that connection. Uh, but yeah, for once in a while, you know, I eat, you know, a hamburger, you know, mock meat hamburger or chicken, or you have sausages, you have mac and cheese, you have crab cakes, cheesecake, ice cream. Uh, we, ha- we have whipped cream, butter. Obviously, it's, those things are processed. But 
I think on a scale, right, like you mentioned, on a scale, what's healthier, you know? It's still, I think it's still the, the processed plant-based food, I think is still healthier because for the most part, they have no cholesterol. Okay. You know, they, they didn't have the, neg- the, the bad cholesterol that most uh, animal products has. Um, and not only that, also, like, if you, like, think about the the negative impact of the environment, environmental impact of the animal food, you know. So if you take a look at the plant-based food, you know, the plant-based food, it's, it's got less less negative footprint. So, you know, whenever, if, you, if, you, if you're feeling like you want to eat a burger, but you don't know if you want a plant-based burger or a regular meat burger, but you want to reduce your footprint, try the plant-based, you know, try it. If you don't like it, you know, you know, try a different one because, you know, we all know that they are very disgusting regular burger joints, you know, but they're really good plant-based ones. You know, you will, you might come across a disgusting veggie patty, but there are so many others that, you know, keep trying or YouTube, like which ones are the top best brands? My favorite brand, it's uh, Gardein. All of the products are amazing. They have meatballs, ground beef, um, uh, another one of my favorite uh, products, it's called um, Beyond Meat. They're, the, Beyond, the Beyond Burger, it's unbelievable. You know, it's, it's a great burger. And, and, and then you have another company that is called uh, Just. They have ranch dressing, mayo, uh, Caesar dressing, Thousand Island. They have all of these dressings and now they are releasing egg. It's vegan egg. Uh, if you just like Google it, like Google just egg. So it's uh, J-U-S-T. Yes. Okay. That's the name of the brand. Uh, uh, and they put just, just after whatever. Yeah. yeah egg, gotcha. egg scramble or something like that, I think it's called. And it's just like, I haven't tasted it, mm-hmm. but the video and the reviews I've heard, I've heard it's unbelievable. So, you know, we have options. So if you're ever feeling like you, you, you want to give it a try, do something different and why not? You know, it's... I think it's all about the different experiencing something different. You know, you don't have to. Something I also tell my my friends who 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 are not plant based or ve- ve- if you want to call vegan, vegetarian, whatever. Um, I tell them it's not all or nothing. You know, it's not all like oh you have to be vegan, you have to be vegetarian. You know, it's not. I I don't think it's that. I think it's we all go at our own pace, right? And I think it's I think what it's important is for all of us, right, to be mindful that our food choices, all of them, have a negative impact on the planet and our health and the animals' lives. So, But we have the power to choose how much of that negative footprint we want to have. You know, so if you go to a restaurant and you see a menu and there's a vegetarian option, God, give it a try. You might love it. It might be your favorite food and, and, and you know, uh, item on the menu. Nine or times out of ten, it's cheaper too. Yeah, you know, or do do a couple of things that there is something called meatless Mondays, that only on Mondays you don't eat any animal products. One day a week. There's another thing called weekday veg. During the week you eat plant based. On the weekend you eat whatever you want. You know, there's different options for for all of us to to just you know test around and play around and experience whatever works for you. But one of the things I think. One of the things I think we all should do is just be mindful. Okay. Be mindful and do what we can. Yeah, that's that's uh, one of the things I think it's important. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. All right, uh, question number six. What is your number one skill? This is your number one honed craft? Uh, 
something oh, what can I say I'm I I like to think I'm good with people. But a lot of people tell me I I have something that makes me connect with people in a, in a very genuine way. I mean, I, and that's it's not I try, you know, and I don't try it. So I think that's where a lot of friends they tell me it's like, you know, you have you have a gift in a way to to connect and relate with people and it's I don't know, and I think it's I think it it led me from that's an outcome from from my plant-based you know thing that it just made me a kinder more compassionate and be able to relate to to every everyone and everything in a way so you would say this is a learned trait or is it something that you already had from just the beginning so this is learned okay yes okay i think it's learned i think i'm not sure okay yeah all right cool all right and lastly your number one talent something you had innate proficiency in innate um this is a tough question you know but uh I think just athletics in general. Okay. I was um, I, I I I I think I can. Whatever athletic thing I get into, I it's easy for me to pick up in a way. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you just have that natural predisposition towards uh, so. space, space and uh, time. Like yeah. Spatial. Time, I think so. I like yeah. It? I like to think so. You know, because yeah, like running. You know, I never run before, and I was able to pick it up. And then other sports that I pick them up and I'm able to mm-hmm. to just pick them up real quick uh, to back up to the beginning of the podcast in, in Peru um, is uh, Arequipa is that how far above sea level is that city hmm, that's a question I don't know but it's not like at sea level like you're no it's bit. above yeah. yeah high up yeah for sure yeah. so yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if growing up there that gave you um, better lungs than the average American in the sense of being able to I don't know um, yeah for sure 100% yeah. I don't know that's a question like that, that I'm sure probably yes yeah. I, will, I will think so right yeah I will think so yeah okay cool mm-hmm. alright well Alfonso thank you so much for joining us um, let me get all your social media stuff website if people want to reach out to you sure thank, no, thank you Freddie for, for the opportunity to, for me to, to be here with you and, and your audience and just you know share my, my life experience and, of course. and whatever I, I could share to, to everyone for sure um, if you want to take a look at my work uh, or just reach out to me to get together for a coffee or just for a walk or go take some pictures you can reach out to me on my website it's uh, alfonsorevilla.com or uh, you can just DM me on my Instagram, which is alfonso.rev. Um, yeah, so just let me know, reach out, and I'll be, I'll be here. So and yeah. the Alfonso is with an F, right? Correct. Okay, and Revia was with two L's, right? Correct. All right, perfect. Yes. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of the Innkeepers Guestbook Podcast. Thank you so much for joining, and uh, we'll see you next time.